The Bill Myers Show podcast is sponsored by Clouser Drilling. They've been leading the way in Southern Oregon well drilling for over 50 years. Find out more about them at clouserdrilling.com. Get up your world like the 4th of July. Hey, Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list. And a statue of liberty started shaking her fist. And an eagle will fly. And it's gonna be here when you hear Toby Keith. I'm brought to you courtesy of the red, white, and blue. It's hard to pick just one uh, great Toby Keith song because, as far as I was concerned, about 90% of them were uh, really great, and the other 10% were pretty good. <laughs> you know, that's just the way it uh, goes. But uh, country singer Toby Keith died overnight, and he's been battling stomach cancer. He had been battling stomach cancer for. Ever since uh, I think it was about a year and a half going on, uh, two years there, it had been announced. And he ended up uh, performing on a uh, country music awards show a few weeks ago. Linda and I just happened to catch that and we saw him. And it was like, oh goodness, he was so drawn. And even though he was talking about continuing to fight, he, um, you, you could tell that there was probably not going to, he wasn't going to be long for the world at that point. And unfortunately, that ended up being the case. Uh, 62 years old, that's all really. And it was his fa- with his family. And he uh, passed away peacefully last night. And of course, uh, other hits should have been a cowboy, courtesy of the red, white, and blue. Uh, I had as good as I once was. I mean, there are just so many. And as far as I'm concerned, he was uh, a truly a true country star, and and he was not as uh, nearly as political as so many stars are these days. I was reading here that um, let's see if I can find this. Uh, Fox News was doing a report on that. He played for multiple presidents. It wasn't just like the Democrats guy, you know that sort of thing. You know how how often it seems that's the way uh, the stars go. Toby Keith played at events for. Presidents George W. Bush, Barack Obama, and Donald Trump. And Donald Trump gave him a National Medal of the Arts for 2021. He understood what it's like being a country star. You're a star for everybody, right? And I think he um, was just a great guy. In 2001, he won the Male Vocalist of the Year and uh, Album of the Year at the ACM. That was for the, uh, the album that had courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue. He would go on to win uh, Entertainer of the Year 2003-2004. Top male vocalist album of the year. Great songwriter and a wonderful performer. I just can't say enough about uh, Toby Keith. I haven't followed country music as uh, much as I used to. Uh, Country, to me, has become a little more electronic dance music-y kind of things. It's it's just not really my thing anymore. But uh, Toby Keith, yeah, he was the, uh, the real deal. And he is going to really be really be missed uh joining in at 770-5633-770-KMED there was a, a story that nbc5 ran yesterday and it had to do in fact i think you just heard them uh, talk about it in the report here in which uh, rvtd is going to be uh, celebrating transit equity day and they're going to be reserving a- an empty seat on the bu- on the bus rather in honor of Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks, of course, uh, was not going to 
uh, go to the back of the bus. You know, and so this is uh, being done in honor of her. And I had a quip. <laughs> and so I, I couldn't help. You know, when RVTD tosses you a softball like that, that we're going to reserve an open seat, an empty seat on the bus. It's kind of like, all right, I'm going to, that, that's just like teeing up a softball to you, right? And I just said last night on Facebook, fortunately, on RVTD, it's uh, not all that much of a challenge to reserve an open seat, you know, implying that there are so many open seats on the bus. And there was a um, a Facebook fan that ended up uh, responding to this and saying, Bill, not sure why you choose to badmouth RVTD at every chance. They provide a service, and they are very good at what they do. I really don't understand, Bill Meyer, what exactly it is you have against RVTD. Well, I'll tell you, uh, Jared, but anyway, I'll let him go. You know, I had to point out that during the uh, Alameda fire, while over a dozen of their employees were losing their homes to the fire, they were working around the clock to evacuate people from the area. I know these employees very well, and they're very selfless, hardworking people. What exactly is it about RVTD that you hate so much? It's not about hate. And, and, and first off, and this has never been about RVTD. The RVTD people doing an honest day's work for an honest day's pay, all right? But the problem is, as I see it, Jared, is that public transit, as it is currently constructed, as it has been constructed for a long, long time, is about the most expensive and wasteful way to move people from point A to point B. If you actually take their budgets and you divide the number of, uh, of passengers that they carry into the budgets, your typical ride is really... You know, about 25 dollars $20 to $25 for every person that gets on a bus. Do you know how many Uber rides that would pay for or, or a cab? And it's like what has happened is that public transit has turned into, uh, well, kind of like the public library, too. It's turned into this, uh, this permanent bureaucracy grant stream funding in which we're not about transporting people. We're about transporting people only with really, really big buses, half-million-dollar buses or so, sometimes more if you're experimenting with the electric buses like some of the uh, transit places are doing. And, you know, expensive. It's all grant stream funding. If the, if the feds weren't cutting hot checks, and who knows how much longer they can do that, if the feds weren't cutting hot checks to RVTD, it would disappear in about a, a month. That's the reality, Okay. And if it was truly about transportation, RVTD would be handing out Uber passes or doing some other way of doing that. If it was truly about getting people transported, but it's about supporting an infrastructure of buses. That's what it is. And now you can like that or not. I'm not saying that the service they provide is not necessary. Yeah, there does need to be a, a way for people to get around that don't necessarily have cars and, and shouldn't have cars. You didn't have to. I get that. But half-million-dollar buses traveling around with, uh, with a driver, and, of course, the maintenance connected with that, and five or six people on it, on average, it seems that way most of the time. Now, I'm just doing this anecdotally and, and the way people describe this. It's not the most efficient way to move people around. But it is the model that we have. It's the grant stream funding model that uh, that does this, okay? And if we really cared about it, you know, in other words, it doesn't matter that uh, ridership is down way down since the is way down since the pandemic, and 
the expenses are way up. doesn't matter. They don't have to justify themselves. The money keeps going. And Southern Oregon voters, uh, once again, unwisely, in my opinion, in a low turnout election, voted to put him on a permanent taxing district. So RVTD doesn't have to justify its existence. It's in a taxing district. It'll be there forever and ever. Amen. We can have a nuclear war breakout tomorrow, and the money will still be going into the RVTD. And and frankly, and I, I also have to say, uh, the people that tend to get involved in the boards of the RVTD are not all, but generally speaking, it's like the library. It's the, where it's the liberal mosques. This is where the progressives go to get their board experience so that they tend to get kicked up into the political world over time, whether it's county commission, whether it ends up being a state rep or a state senator. Hey, you, end up, you end up serving your time in the liberal mosques of the library or the RVTD, and there you go. And... And I'm just going to close it with that. If it was about transportation, we wouldn't be talking about what type of buses they have. Because given the type of, you know, now there are a few routes here. Probably I would think that the one going over to Harry and David or some of the other, uh, you know, large employers. Yeah, a bus would probably work right. But little vans would probably work right. And Uber would probably help out uh, 90% of the people. Or some version of that, whether it's uh, you know a cabbie or an Uber, something like that. And that way, instead of having to go out on a on a bus stop in the rain and wait, someone would come to you. Especially when you think that there was twenty or twenty five bucks a ride for every person, uh, you know, assigned to that. If you take that budget and and look at it, it's just expensive. That's all. Okay. It's expensive and it's political and it's politicized. And of course, they just ask for it when they say, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna reserve an open seat in honor of uh, Rosa Parks." Well, that's a really easy thing to do on an RVTD bus, Josephine County bus too. I'm sure it's just that's the model that they have. It's uh, the 1950s uh, model, except it's uh, 2024. This is the Bill Meyer Show. You're on KMED KCMD. At Siskiyou Pump Service and Rotary Drilling Company, we provide well water services to your home and business from field to tap. Our drilling team will construct your water well, and our technicians at Siskiyou Pump Service can take it from there with pump installation, water filtration systems, and installation of a holding tank if needed. Siskiyou Pump Service and Rotary Drilling Company are here for you with complete well water services from field to tap. Serving the Rogue Valley for over 50 years. Visit us at SiskiyouPump.com. After this hypnosis, I want to eat good food. Since August, I can honestly say I have not had one potato chip. It was life-changing for me. And I don't think about desserts like I used to. Bridget, how much have you lost now? I have lost a total of 83 pounds. Holy cow. It's easy, it's fun, very relaxing, and very successful. And I would just say go for it. Lose weight now without cravings, irritability, or your money back. Join Mark Patrick's Hypnosis Seminar and lose weight. Feel great for only $49.99 guaranteed. Early bird special, only $49.99. Lose all the weight you want, 100% guaranteed. Thursday, February 15th at the Hilton Garden Inn Hotel in Medford. Weight loss seminar, 5.30 p.m., registration 5 p.m. Attend this program and find out how the power of hypnosis can help you achieve your weight loss goals. There's limited seating, so get there early. Learn more at markpatrickseminars.com. The Rogue Gardener, sponsored by Grange Co-op. If we select certain plants and manage a habitat with a purpose, even a small plot, 
can provide very high quality overwintering habitat for the insects that pollinate our plants and beneficial insects that attack harmful insects in our gardens. Call Stan Saturdays 10 to noon and Sunday morning encore at 9 on KMED and KCMD. Hi, I'm Lamont from Orleans and I'm on 106.7 KMED. 626, Chris Arps is going to join me here in a few minutes from Project 21, Black Conservative. And the way Project 21 is looking at things is that uh, many black Americans are starting to push back against the really serious progressive policies. I haven't necessarily seen that evidence. I'm going to talk with him about that, though, and uh, get his point of view about it. But we will certainly see. All right. How about an email or two of the day? Email of the day sponsored by Dr. Steve Nelson and Central Point Family Dentistry, centralpointfamilydentistry.com. And it is right next door to the Mazatlan Mexican Restaurant in Central Point. You get off uh, I-5 or wherever, you're on Pine Street, and then you turn up on uh, Freeman Way, and there it is, Mazatlan, and then boom. And it's a wonderful place, great people, and my dog in the fight, he's my dentist, okay, and uh, does great work, and... As you wait, you know, while you wait, crowns. In many cases, they have an in-house lab. And it's really cool. I watched them making my crown one day. And uh, it was actually quite interesting to, uh, to do. But uh, I'll tell you, it really helps and gets that done quickly. No more of that always having to wait a week or two for the local or the out-of-town lab to take care of that. CentralPointFamilyDentistry.com. I'm going to give an email of the day to Eli Dimitru. And he it was just kind of short pithy and to the point and he said hey bill your green beret guest that was the uh, the gentleman i talked to yesterday your green beret guest said the quiet part out loud the first thing we learn is how to overthrow a country remember that next memorial day he says interesting point on that eli and thanks for making that all right paul princeton writes me and uh, we were talking about the political situation yesterday and i said uh, the benefit of chaos, okay, that they actually seem to want the benefit of chaos. I'm talking about the Democrats in control for the most part. And he says the benefit of uh, chaos. Kathy Hochul's outrage over the savage beating of New York police officers, Mayorkas's insistence that the border is secure, and now Newsom's outrage about the shoplifting he witnessed and insistence that California has the strongest laws against it all point in the same direction. It's gaslighting that we, the plebes, have it all wrong, the plebs have it all wrong, and the overlords are working tirelessly on our behalf. Money may be the mother's milk of politics, but chaos provides the fertile soil, or excrement, he adds, that it needs to root in and thrive. Chaos in all its forms make people afraid, and many will reliably clamor for more regulations and be willing to surrender their freedoms. So politicians encourage this chaos, while at the same time, trying to convince us that they are tirelessly working to curb it. It's certain politicians means to ensure job security. Nothing personal. It's just business. It's just very dishonest, morally bankrupt, and spiritually evil. Another great email. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate you uh, writing on that. And uh, Bob Shan writes me this morning about war bonds. He says, why don't we uh, sell war bonds? And he was talking about uh, the war bonds done back in World War One or World War Two. He says... Purchase price uh, in World War II war bonds, you could buy $25 war bonds for $18.75, and the government used the money to finance planes, ships, and uniforms. 
investment in the country by buying the war bonds. You are investing in your country's ability to fight and win the war. And 10 years after buying your war bond, you could redeem it for the full $25. Remember, it represented an investment in your own financial future. These bonds played a crucial role in financing World War II and demonstrated the collective commitment of citizens to support their country during challenging times. And, and Bob had said, gosh, why don't we do that now, right? Well, Bob, when you think about it, uh, the never-ending war from the military-industrial complex of foreign policy blob you know, that we have at this point in time, the last thing they would want is relying on we the people to tax ourselves and, you know, by lending the money on a war bond. Uh, in or- it's the last thing they want because they know that for the most part it's like, oh, okay, uh, all right, we would like you to buy a war bond so we could put a military base in Syria. And most of us would say, that's not where the problem is. The problem's down on our border. Why are we having a... See, they don't want us thinking about that too much. You know, the thought police, uh, you know, the cop comes over there, uh, with a, you know, is looking at you. You know, you've had a little too much to think. And we don't want you thinking too much about all those military bases everywhere, all those neat little tripwires there that'll make sure and get us into a wider conflict. And if you were actually buying war bonds, right, you're buying war bonds, and you'd start, well, hey, where actually is the military? We've got, uh, you know, five to ten, fifty. in fact, one day there's 15,000 a day coming through down there at Eagle Pass. Why isn't the military taking care of something like that? I, isn't that right? You know, over the border, stopping from coming in, stopping the invasion? Oh, no, they don't do that. They put the military base in uh, in Syria. That's where they want to do it because, of course, we have the most secure border. That's going back to Paul Princeton's, uh, you know, gaslighting. I'll tell you. Uh, let me go to the phones here. It is Pebble in your shoe Tuesday. We can talk about that. Hey, Dave, how you doing this morning? What's up? I'm doing real good. I want to thank Kirby Jackson. He traded a plaster mining claim to get me uh, a Chevy Cherokee, I mean, a Tahoe uh, four-wheel drive vehicle, 2002. And so uh, it's so that... I can have transportation. So you have a Chevy Tahoe now, so you can go and drive through the massive mud that used to be the Iron Gate Lake, right? Right, right. <laughs> but okay. see, uh, what the nice thing is, is i got to go to Astoria to pick it up. <laughs> okay, well, that is a bit of a trip there, but uh, uh, yeah, what, no, I'll you can't take RBTD. They probably don't have transit to go there, do they? No, I have to ride a bus. Okay, well, good for you. I'm glad to hear Kirby's a good guy. Glad he helped you out there at the Iron Gate. By the way, is it still looking pretty bad out there as far as the fish kills and everything? I'm going to be talking with Bill Simpson later this morning about that again. I'll be waiting to listen to you. Okay, I'm sorry. We we lost your phone there, Dave. I'm sorry. I'm I'm going to assume it probably is uh, still a problem. Yeah, we will talk with uh, Captain Bill Simpson a little bit later on an update on the dam removal area. And from all the pictures we're seeing in the video, Yikes. All right. But remember, uh, just like Paul Princeton talks about the chaos and the gaslighting, just keep reminding to yourself, they're they're killing the fish to save the fish. They're killing the wildlife to save the ecosystem. They're killing the deer to save the deer. And, uh, and yeah, that's what this is all about, all about. And, uh, and all those, all those, um, what do they call them, useful idiots that were in favor of the dam removal? Helping out um, Warren Buffett's investment. You gotta love it. It's always about the money. This is the Bill Meyer Show.
We've heard it all. That ditch was way too close to the road. You know, fifth wheel trailers, man, they are terrible on tailgates. Next time I see a yield sign, I'm just going to stop. Better gauge the wind speed before you open the car door. But the reason you need auto body repair doesn't matter to us as much as making your car look new again and the process easy for you. At Lithia Body and Paint, we've been getting Southern Oregon drivers back on the road since 1946. Speed, service, accuracy. That's Lithia Body and Paint on Bullock Road in Medford. Hi, it's John at Wellburns Weapons. The only thing better than shooting is shooting with a suppressor. Wellburns is Southern Oregon's suppressor headquarters, stocking models from Silencer Code, Dead Air, Griffin Armament, Rugged, Q, Thunderbeast, and many more. And we can order practically any suppressor on the market. Check in with us for monthly incentives to save on suppressors too. Come see the suppressor experts. Wellburns Weapons on Crater Lake Highway, just south of White City. News sponsored by Caveman Heating and Air. It's the climate and we control it. Call Caveman Heating and Air at 541-476-0009 or cavemanheating.com. Good morning. I'm Molly Smith with your NBC5 morning news update. Medford police are looking for a vehicle involved in a hit and run that happened early Monday morning. It happened at North Riverside Avenue and East McAndrews Road around 4 a.m. Police described the car caught on surveillance video as a black compact sedan, possibly missing the passenger side mirror. The victim of the crash was rushed to the hospital in serious condition. If you have information about the car or the incident, please call Medford Police. And Mount Ashland's Schemo Summit race happened this past weekend, and Jackson County Sheriff's Search and Rescue took the opportunity to get some training in. Jackson County Sheriff's Office says this is SAR's second time assisting in the race, They say even though the people who are involved in the race are highly trained, SAR is always happy to help. This collaboration allows volunteers to practice special skills like avalanche safety, winter fire building, and, of course, their own skiing skills. And Josephine County Search and Rescue is accepting applications for new volunteers. They're hosting their annual Volunteer Academy later this month. It's the first step you can take toward becoming a Search and Rescue volunteer. The Academy starts February 20th and runs through April 7th and costs $55. The link to apply is available on Josephine County Search and Rescue's Facebook page. And that was a look at your morning headlines. For NBC5 News, I'm Molly Smith. And for local news anytime, head to our website, kobi5.com. Have a wonderful day. Got a mess with the IRS or a tax date with the state? You may need representation. Visit FirstResponseIRS.com. First Response Resolution, your local tax resolution experts in Eagle Point, defending your rights as a taxpayer. Visit FirstResponseIRS.com. Did you know that the average public university student borrows $32,880 for their bachelor's degree? Many borrowers list student debt as the main barrier to buying a home, starting a business, or even retiring from their jobs. Are student loans keeping you from other goals? Between different payment plans, types of cancellation, and tax implications, we know that student debt can be confusing. Don't let that confusion keep you from addressing your debt. Our website offers resources, including frequently asked questions, links to other sites, and tips for avoiding scams. The site is updated by the Student Loan Ombuds, who also receives and attempts to resolve complaints about servicers or other issues with student loans. Take control of your financial future by addressing your student debt today. Visit the Division of Financial Regulations Student Loan Help Site at dfr.oregon.gov or call the Student Loan Ombuds at 888-877-4894. This message brought to you by the Oregon Division of Financial Regulation, the Oregon Association of Broadcasters, and this station. 
Retired or retiring soon? How much money do you need to live comfortably? Retirement Planners of America is here for you. Would you like to have financial peace of mind? Here's how. Step one, find out the amount of money you'll need to retire. Step two, have a plan to get there. Step three, make sure that plan can take advantage of market gains but protect you from market losses. Discover how to do all three with a free consultation at 800-508-6108. That's 800-508-6108. All investments involve risk, including losses. Past performance does not guarantee future results. The Bill Myers Show, 106.3 KMED, 99.3 KCMD. Christopher Arps joins me. He's a member of Project 21's Black Leadership Network, managing partner with the public affairs and communications consulting firm Red Tail Strategies, LLC. Chris, it's great to have you on. Welcome. And uh, what town do you hail from, if you don't mind? Let me just find I it. hail from the great city of St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis, don't hold Missouri. That against me, Bill. Very. I will not hold that. Against, <laughs> not hold that against you at all. And uh, and one of the kind of talk about uh, Black History Month, if you don't mind. And uh, sure. now you were uh, there with uh, Red Tail Strategies. Tell me a little bit about your background, your day job, and you're an ambassador over at uh, Project Twenty One, uh, which is uh, part of the uh, National Center, NationalCenter.org. Great group there. And uh, tell me a bit about that before we move on. Sure, Red Tail Strategies is a firm I started probably about ten years ago. I am a talk show host actually in okay. St. Louis. I've got a show with. Uh, the former Speaker of the House, we do a drive-time show from 4 to 6. But prior to that, my background is political consulting, new media consulting. I've worked on uh, Ted Cruz's presidential campaign in Iowa and in, new, in, in uh, South Carolina, uh, back here in Missouri. I've worked on uh, local and state races uh, here in Missouri. And I guess I can be best described, Bill, as a political junkie. I've been like that uh, probably my whole life. I remember back during the Watergate hearings back in uh, 72, 73, I was about six or seven years old. I didn't know what was going on, but I knew it had to be important when they were interrupting soap operas. And so I was watching the hearings and uh, trying to understand what was going on. You know, your uh, childhood doesn't sound all that different from mine. I'm a few years, just uh, maybe four <laughs> or five years older. In my particular case, I was poring over the newspapers about that. You know, what's this all about? And, you know, trying to... <laughs> You know, kind of, uh, you know, cut my teeth back when uh, you would just read a, pay, a newspaper from cover to cover if you were a political junkie, right? You know, that kind exactly, of thing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I tell you, the thing that really just sucked me in, I knew I was addicted to politics, was the 1987 Iran-Contra hearings. And I was watching those hearings all day, every day. It was just fascinating. And I remember one particular story where McFarlane, I forgot his first name, he was the national security advisor, mm-hmm. and uh, he had traveled over to Iran to try to get some of the uh, hostages released in the Middle East. And I remember him saying that he took with him, like, some cyanide pills. So just in case if he was kidnapped or something, he could kill himself. I think that hooked me right there. I was like, this is not Hollywood. This is not a movie. This is real life. It's fascinating. You know, I forgot about that testimony. Boy, I'm going to have to go back and, and, and revisit that. I haven't thought about a wrong contra in decades, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty wild. Hey, there's something yeah. else that you are a co-founder of, and I, I find this interesting. You are co-founder of, um, and you're president of Americans for Citizens Voting. Citizens Voting. Wait, wait a minute. Why should only citizens get a chance to vote? That's That doesn't seem to fit the narrative right now that we're having in the current you United know, States. I, I first- you know, I first got involved with ACV back in 2019, and it was I was approached about being the president. You know, they were talking about people that were non-citizens at that time with green cards were voting. 
And I thought that was absolutely nuts. I was like, you have to be a citizen to be able to vote. And throughout the last four or five years, I've learned that there are numerous uh, communities around the country, states, that are allowing non-citizens to vote in municipal and mayoral elections. Probably the thing that got this the most attention was back in 2021 or 2022, one of those, uh, in December when Washington, D.C. and New York City uh, passed ordinances to allow non-citizens to vote. So that kind of put this whole issue on the map. Uh, Americans for Citizen Voting, well, what we do is we work with grassroots organizations in different states uh, to help them amend their constitutions to say that only United States citizens can vote. Many of these state constitutions, they say that uh, a citizen can vote, but they don't say only. So we're just looking to change a couple of words to uh, amend the constitutions to clarify that only citizens can vote in our elections. Yeah, I would vote for that. We've had uh, similar problems. Now, technically, you are not supposed to be voting in elections here in Oregon if you are not a citizen. But here's the way it goes. I mean, and you know how the game is played, Chris. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, what they do is that they put in a motor voter law. Exactly. And we had a case that happened here in which a local motel uh, people came to us about uh, a year ago after the, uh, uh, the last election in May. And they brought a bunch of, uh, of ballots that had been mailed to the motels. And what had happened is that a bunch of foreign nationals came to town, and they ended up uh, going to the local community college in order to learn how to drive a truck, be a truck driver. Perfectly legal. They had their green cards. Everything was fine. And they did that, but because they had to sign up for an Oregon driver's license, they had uh, ballots sent to the uh, motels. And so, I mean, they had the signatures of the people. Anybody wanted to do hinky, there were a whole bunch of ballots in the motels around here in Southern Oregon that uh, people, that activists could have voted on. And who would have known, right? Nobody would have known. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, some of these folks, there was a case in California where uh, they had the voter had an automatic motor voter law and people were signed up to vote. And because they received ballots in the mail, they assumed that they were eligible to vote. Sure. So they voted, and they were found out to be voted, and uh, people were deported because they voted uh, in elections and inadvertently. They weren't trying to break the law. They just assumed that they could vote because they assumed ballots. So this is something that needs to be amended. I think it's been seven or eight states over the last few years that have amended their uh, state constitutions. Louisiana and Ohio did it in 22, and uh, we're working in four or five states uh, this cycle. Uh, to try to get that done. Chris Arps, once again, member of Project 21's Black Leadership Network. This is, um, of course, it's Black History Month, and uh, you're mm-hmm. you're hearing a lot about the, of what is uh, going on. And what I've noticed is that the Project 21 folks, and you're an ambassador uh, with them, have a different mm-hmm. take on uh, black history. And, and what might that be? There, there seems to be this feel that there's a little bit of pushback going on against the progressive interpretation of it all. Well, you know, the beginnings of uh, Black History Month was very admirable, you know, showing the achievements of African-Americans in this country, the contributions uh, that African-Americans have made, which are very admirable. But over the past maybe 10 years with uh, progressivism and and critical correctness entering our society, uh, Black History Month has has culminated from celebrating black achievement to celebrating black grievances. Look, Mm. there's there's nothing wrong with celebrating African-American culture. But when you try to denigrate other cultures to bring your culture up, um, that's, a, that's a bad thing. And, uh, you know, you have the 1619 Project a few years ago, which surprisingly won a Pulitzer Prize, um, re- re- rewriting history 
um, basically trying to tell Americans, black Americans particular in particular, that the only reason why the colonists rebelled against England was because England was going to outlaw slavery, just outright lies. And so, you know, they, they, they actually tried. They actually tried to push that, Chris. They actually tried yeah, that. I forgot. Okay, that's what that's you know I've you know for project you know Project Twenty One buy stocks in different uh, companies so they can speak at their shareholder meetings. Yeah, and I actually had a chance to uh, address Pinch Solzberger, as they call him. He's the the publisher of the New York Times, and ask him about the falsities that were in the sixteen nineteen project. And Bill's answer was basically, "Well, yeah, we know there's some some ir- some falsities in it, some things that are not true, but as long as we get people talking about race." Isn't that what really matters? Hmm. That was his response. The problem is that, you know, how do we ever kind of move forward out of this if we're always talking about each other's color, for crying out loud? It sometimes gets exhausting. I, I don't mean to you know, sound defeatist about that, but he's just like, oh, please stop. Can we, can we talk about something else that actually, that actually matters, or am I uh, looking at it uh, too, too hot? No, not There's at too all. Too much hostility. Not at all, because as a black conservative, you know, I'm forward-looking. I want to strive for excellence and be the best. Like I said, no one is asking that that uh, slavery and, and segregation, all those things, be forgotten and not taught. They need to be taught um, to our children. You know, you don't want to ever forget your, your past, or so you'll mm-hmm. relive it. But to use it as a crutch and asking for special favors and special things because of that, I think it's just wrong, and it gets us away from what Martin Luther King ultimately wanted, which was a colorblind society. Yeah, colorblind society in which you're not always, uh, you know, talking about uh, about your color. And like I said, nothing. It, there's, it's a wonderful thing to celebrate one's heritage. It's okay. It really is. And the other thing is that it's. Um, I, I think it's really wrong the way we've uh, started uh, going through and judging people. Uh, through or trying to judge everyone from two or three hundred year, uh, years ago through the lens of modern sensibilities, you know it's a it's a very different time. Ultimately. Exactly, you have to judge people and things during the time uh, that they were in. Look, a lot of things about our American history people don't know that Thomas Jefferson and a lot of the founding fathers were against slavery morally, mm-hmm. but they owned slaves. Um, they were the aristocrats of the of, of the society at that time, and they didn't want to be the ones that uh, came out against uh, slavery because of their their fellow aristocrats were forced. But they knew that slavery was something that was going to eventually destroy this country, and so they kicked the can down the road for other generations to take care of it. But they knew that it was contradictory to say that all men are created equal uh, and enshrine that in the Constitution, but you have men that are slaves. It was just something they didn't want to deal with at that time. They felt that the most important thing was establishing the United States, and we'll let future generations figure out slavery, yep, and which we did. And we certainly did. Chris Arps with me once again. Now, uh, is there any evidence that, uh, that black Americans are starting to push back on the progressive you know, angle or the, or the look of it? Because, you know, I know in the talk radio world, it's like, you know, you're always looking, well, is, could someone be actually a little bit friendlier? Could it be a friendlier, uh, you know, deal? And you don't want to just, uh, you know, believe your own press, <laughs> as the case might be. Yeah. But uh, how do you see this, uh, especially from the uh, POV of the National Center for Public Policy Research? Look, I am 58 years old. My parents were recipients of the affirmative action of the civil rights movement. My parents and others of their generation basically started the African-American middle class. So I'm, I'm proud of that. 
But as you see, the younger generation, younger than me, 20, 30, um, they don't have as much of a connection to the civil rights movement, and they seem to be more open-minded towards other, other uh, thoughts, other strains of thoughts. Uh, you just look at 2020, President Trump won 20% of the African-American male vote, which was unheard of. Uh, he doubled his percentage of the African-American female vote in 2020. And if you look at the polls now, I've seen polls that after that Donald Trump is polling 20% among African-Americans overall. So in, also, you look at the Hispanic community, a poll just came out, NBC poll, Gallup poll, I forgot which is one, mm-hmm. that uh, Hispanics are now more amenable to Republicans, to conservatives, as they are the Democratic Party. So I think the times are changing, and I think organizations like Move On Up and other black organizations are helping to foment that. Chris, I really appreciate the talk here, and it's uh, it's interesting. Now, is it is it because, is it is it a personality thing with Trump, or do you believe they see, you know, Trump more as a, hey, you're not going to be a victim, in my uh, in my administration, you know, I, I want everybody. I think, to... little, I think it's a little bit of both. I, you know, I, I remember in the 80s when, you know, when I was a much younger person and rap music, rappers always rapped about Donald Trump and admired him for his wealth and his uh, and his, his success. Ah. I think also you look at African-Americans as well are seeing that the Democratic Party is a lot of lip service. But they're not really doing anything for African-Americans. The Democratic Party seems to be more focused on LGBTQ rights, uh, Hispanic rights, and other agreed groups. And the, the group, the segment of the Democratic Party that, that is the most loyal to them, gets short shrift until a couple of months before the election. And I think African-Americans are just getting tired of that. And I think uh, one indication of that is the very low polling numbers among President Biden among African-Americans. And, and he's polling at like 75 percent among African-Americans. And that's unheard of. And kind of like uh, Rosa Parks being pushed to the back of the bus all, uh, all all over again until needed in November. Right. Then. OK, we'll exactly. We'll talk to you then. All right. Very interesting. I really appreciate you coming on, Chris, and uh, telling me more about that. How can people find out more about you? Because, like I said, you're, you're a talk show host in St. Louis, and we're not going to hold that against you. What do you got going on? <laughs> okay. Well, my website is ChristopherArps.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can learn a lot of information. I also do Newsmax every week as well, uh, an American Agenda program. And my show is the Tim Jones and Chris Arps Show on 1019-941-NewsTalkSDL.com. Very good. It's a pleasure meeting you. And, of course, uh, National Center for Public Policy Research, a great group uh, behind uh, Project 21 and everything else. And I just appreciate finding out more about you. And thanks for the talk. Really appreciate that. Bill, thank okay? you for having me. I appreciate it. You bet. 6.52, you're on KMED, KCMD, waking up with the Bill Myers Show. An intelligent solution saves you money. This is Randall at Advanced Air. It takes an expert to navigate the current HVAC rebates. Call Advanced Air to save big on equipment replacement. Advanced Air is currently offering an additional rebate on qualifying systems, up to $1,000 on Bryant mini-split and crossover heat pumps. Some exclusions apply. Advanced Air and Bryant do whatever it takes to deliver intelligent heating and cooling solutions. Visit MyAdvancedAir.com for details. Your intelligent heating and cooling solution. Visit MyAdvancedAir.com. 
Two Dogs Fabricating is a truck and trailer equipment company. Service bodies, flatbeds, dump trailers, racks, and more. They transform your truck and trailer into the ultimate work rig. Two Dogs Fabricating can custom design and build a bed and trailer that's specifically designed to carry your equipment. Plus, we have North Star flatbeds, Pacific Truck Service bodies, job box and buyer's toolboxes, lift gates, Delco dump trailers, everything you need to do the job better and easier. To get outfitted, go see Two Dogs Fabricating on Brian Way off Sage Road. Visit twodogsfab.com. Winter in Oregon, it means rain, waterlogged soil expands as it saturates, and that pressure can impact your home's foundation, sometimes even allowing the rain to get into your home. Terra Firma Foundation Systems can help. We've got your back. Terra Firma is the Northwest solution for safer foundations and dry basements and crawl spaces. One easy call can protect your home this winter. Click GoTerraFirma.com, schedule a free evaluation, CCB 173547. That's GoTerraFirma.com. Coming up on the next Hughes Lumber. When two-by-fours get together, only one thing can happen. Walls get built. Check out the studs, followed by contractors and do-it-yourselfers. Featuring lumber, hardware, and siding. Starring decks, additions, and ADUs. It's the return of home enhancements. But watch out for that naughty pine. Get the best build for your buck values at Hughes Lumber. Your top show for quality, price, selection, service. So don't miss Hughes Lumber on Crater Lake Highway next to Garrison's. 106.3 KMED, 99.3 KCMD, and this is The Bill Myers Show. 6.54, it is Pebble in Your Shoe Tuesday. If there is something bugging you or just you want to talk about it, anything you want to talk about, join in 770-5633, 770-KMED. Now, let's see, the border bill appears to be... Dead for now, appears to be dead for now. That's how they're describing it. Probably the uh, number one national show or the national uh, issue in play right now. By the way, we do have uh, Congressman Cliff Benz is going to be in studio Friday morning, 730. So no doubt we'll be having a conversation about that and where it uh, happens to be going. So he'll be joining me then. A little closer to home here. Jackson County to install 100 wheelchair charging stations. This from uh, our news partner, KOBI5.com. And we have um, United Way that's installing 100 charging stations by the end of this year. I didn't realize you needed charging stations to charge a uh, a wheelchair. I guess maybe you do. Must, maybe it must be the fast charging. Is that what it is? And uh, Deanne Everson, uh, the CEO there, United Way, tells NBC5 over 20 sites have already signed up to have charging stations installed. Completely free to sign up, also free. Well, it's not free. Well, maybe free to the person in the wheelchair, but someone else is paying that bill. Just keep in mind. And you could, oh, okay, so you get about two miles of range from an hour charge. All right, Jackson County will be the first in the country to have 100 charging stations. Hopefully we don't have cold weather, and it's not like all of those stories where you see, you know, the the wheelchair person is sitting there plugged in, and I'm sorry, the battery won't take the charge. You know how we talk about the uh, the Teslas and all the other EV sort of situations? Yeah, I know, I know. Um, Grants Pass City Council, according to Daily Courier, uh, Vicki Aldous, uh, Grants Pass City Council debating public safety funding and considering easing some restrictions on an apartment and manufactured home development. That's actually, I'm glad to hear that. It's actually not a bad idea. So I guess the choice at this point for backfilling the uh, the never, well, the gaping maw known as uh, public safety funding, whether it's going to be a 1.5% city sales tax and a, 12 monthly, uh, a $12 a month fee on residential water bills to increase funding. 
businesses, of course, would pay a lot more, 40 bucks to 3600 bucks a month. Wow. I imagine the $3,600 per month, that would be like the Walmart size uh, business in Grants Pass. I guess so. Let's see. Oh, this is interesting. City Council would uh, also or could also relax city regulations on the placement of manufactured homes. Right now, they have to be double wide and over 1,000 square feet. So that makes it kind of tough if you have a smaller lot, right? And so what they're thinking about doing is uh, allowing single wides. I mean, you can't sit around there and talk about uh, being okay with, well, uh, housing is so unaffordable, and then uh, making it difficult to put a house down on a lot. And we have that story going on. Road Valley Times has a uh, story that I missed over the weekend. It's a guest column. I'm going to have to touch in on that in just uh, in just a little bit. I have a few thoughts on the uh, the Asante. I don't want to call it propaganda. It wasn't from Asante, but a bunch of retired uh, doctors, I guess, uh, ended up putting together a guest column. And just between you and me and several thousand folks, uh, to me, it it smacks. Uh, it just it just strikes me being married to a a, a PR. A PR person, you know, my wife, Linda, of course, that was her that was her business for years and years and years. I can kind of tell PR stuff when I hear it. I, I'm very highly attuned to it, but I'm thinking that might be what is uh, going on here. But we'll talk more about that in a minute. All right. It's uh, 658 Pebble in your shoe Tuesday. Good morning, KMED KCMD. Hi, who's this and what's on your mind? Hi, it's me, Bill. Hey, Cherry. How are you on Pebble in your shoe Tuesday? Well, I just had a, an experience with the RVTD, and it wasn't good. I think once it was, and then all the rest, well, I called in ahead of time. They were supposed to pick me up for an eye doctor appointment. All right. Which service was this, the, the Valley Lift uh, part of it? or Yes. Okay. Yes, it was RVTD. They were supposed to pick. I called ahead like you're supposed to. I waited patiently. They never showed up. Hmm. Then I called them and they said they did. And I was waiting at the door. The door, I was practically outside waiting hmm. and I had to call a cab. And, but prior to all of that, one time they did pick me up and they took me to the wrong eye doctor because there's probably a lot of them, but I gave them the address. And so it just didn't work out and I've never used them again. But cab drivers are so much better, or Uber, I'm not sure. I've had Uber, like, one time, and it was immediate. And then the cabs, sometimes, you you know, it's not so hot. But I, uh, it, it was just... Yeah, sometimes good, maybe it sometimes is not. You know, my, right. my, my point, my criticism of public transit in general is not that people don't need or that the community doesn't need, you know, alternate transportation. We do. I mean, that is... Mm-hmm. But it's the way that government chooses with its taxing districts and everything else to uh, deliver it is is one size fits all. It's either going to be like the Valley Lift, you know, like you had talked about, or it's going to be a very expensive bus bouncing around the roads with very few people in it because that's right. the, you know, that is the grant stream funding. Everybody gets the, the free bus from Uncle Sugar and you drive it for 10 or 12 years and then you turn it in, wash, rinse, repeat. And, you know, it's just if it was about transportation, they would be handing out, uh, you know, Uber and, and probably saving money. 
But the goal is not really to save money. The goal is to spend every penny that your grant and budget and your taxing district brings in, I would figure. I, I think it's just all it is. Yes, it is. And then I had one other thing. Have you noticed in people talking that now they weren't taught in school phonics? Uh, <laughs> and what? They, and they, phonics. They, oh, phonics. They, yeah. They, yes, phonics. And what they do <clears throat> is they're now dropping off the R's. They go walkie, walkie, and bullwinkle. You know, they can't seem to say the r's oh so you mean it is more than just what i was talking about last week with uh, the dropping of the t's like yeah uh, yeah i'm growing up in i grew up in manhattan and i'm pushing the button and then the kittens come out of the door you know that kind of thing so it, now well, it's uh rocky it's uh, walkie and huh. it's just you know i hear it on the news i've heard it privately with some children. Where's that coming from? I. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming from people who can't read. Oh, all right. As far as the phonics go, though, uh, there's a whole bunch of generations that have had great difficulty with reading because they were taught in whole word. The whole word. In other words, you had to you had to look at the word and know what the word was by looking at the word rather than being able to sound out the word, which was very flawed in my yeah. view. Exactly. It's it's wood. It's not word. It's wood. Wood? It's the word? Okay. Wood. All right. Uh, well, uh, Greece is the word, and I uh, wish you well. Thanks for the call. Okay. <laughs> it's a couple minutes after 7. We'll catch up with uh, Town Hall News in just a moment. More of your calls. It is Pebble to Your Shoot Tuesday. And uh, doctors are... Getting together, and they wrote an op-ed, or guests called them over at Rogue Valley Times. I think it was kind of interesting. We'll uh, have a little discussion on that, maybe.